Hi, Kit McCarty here, welcoming you to Now I See, a podcast where people of vision share their eye-opening experiences that helped them shift focus, gain perspective, and see themselves and their world in a whole new way. We invite you to pull up a chair to the conversational table, pour yourself a drink, and enjoy our show. We're hoping our time together will encourage, elevate, and engage you toward your own eye-opening moments. Our guest today is Jody Nisnik. Welcome, Jody. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. I'm glad you are. Jody is the host of the So Much More Creating Space for God podcast and the author of Real People, Real Faith Bible Studies, including Choose, a study of Moses for a life that matters, Crossroads, a study of Esther and Jonah for boldly responding to your call, Trust, a study of Joseph for persevering through life's challenges, and Jody co-wrote with Sue Edwards a study in Galatians, which is part of the Discover Together Bible study series. And Jody's anticipating the release of her latest work in March 2022, Journey, a study of Peter stumbling toward God's extravagant grace. So Jody holds a master's degree in Christian education with an emphasis in women's ministry from Dallas Theological Seminary and has served in pastoral ministry for 12 years in the Dallas area. Jody, I see you as practical, thoughtful, focused, driven, and passionate about truth. How do you see yourself? Mm. It's a great question. I see myself as a woman who deeply loves God's word. Uh, God's word has been transformative in my life, and it is a plumb line that retethers me to him. Um, I think that's a mixed metaphor. (laughs) It's a plumb line that centers me on him. And, uh, And it's just something that as I've discovered more and more of God's word, it's become really important for me to share his word with others and to lead them into very practical understanding of God's word. I think a lot of people are sometimes afraid of it. It feels confusing to them. And I, yeah, so I see myself as a guide into God's word. And I think you're really good at it. So it's interesting to note that you needed a guide. You came to faith later than many people do. Many people come as children. That's not your story. So tell us your story. No, I was raised in a non-Christian home. It was a good home, but it was not a Christ following home or even a church going home. Uh, sometimes those are not the same thing. And, um, I became a believer when I was 13 years old. So I was still quite young, but, um, you know, became a believer at summer camp, came back into my house, didn't have, didn't own a Bible. You know, this is pre-internet. So (laughs) couldn't even look one up online. And so I just, I had no context for who God really was, um, for understanding this new faith that I had. I just knew I wanted to know God. And, um, and I think like many of us do, we then start to impose our own ideas on who he is. Mm. And so the ideas I started to impose on him were this really big, mean, bossy guy who I never lived up to his standards. And so he must've just been constantly disappointed with me. And so I never really understood this like eternal security. I never understood grace. Um, so I lived by legalism, but it was a legalism that I created, um, a measuring stick that I created. Cause I still didn't even know scripture, but like my heart was still bent on, Oh, you're, you're, you're must be a bad person. And so God can't love you. 
And it wasn't until I finally started to get into Christian community, which was in college, that I actually started to study God's word and started to discover who he really was, which was not at all who I thought he was. That's interesting. I think a lot of believers do have the same default setting that we imagine a God who, you know, according to our specifications, not necessarily to who he says he is, which is why I love that you champion truth. So who was your spiritual guide? Who were some of the formative voices? Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. I think, I think back to a Bible study leader uh, when I was in college uh, through a, you know, just a college ministry um, that was specific to our campus. And she was somebody who had been raised in a Christian home and in a really healthy Christian home. And so she just knew God's word. And I, I would just, I remember sitting like in this small group and she'd be like, Oh, that reminds me of this scripture. And it says this. And I was just jaw dropped. What I've never, I never knew that God's word fit together that way. And so that was the, probably one of the first mentors Then, uh, my husband and I, after we got married, we moved to Texas and that was when I started attending a church where the pastor was such a great Bible teacher. And he started to really unpack scripture in a way that brought it to life for me, number one, but also helped me understand theology, helped me understand Um, the difference between the old Testament and the new Testament, not that there's a different God, but that, that there's a difference. There was a different way of living a God set up a different structure in the old Testament, which is the old Testament law. And then when Jesus came, Jesus became the law. Jesus is the law of love. And he just helped me understand law and grace. And that cracked open for me beginning to understand what was really true about who God was, his infinite love, his just eternal grace. And I then started to live this life of incredible freedom in my relationship with God, not trying to strive to do things to be the right Christian, but all of a sudden, because I started to really understand how fully loved and accepted I was, and I started to really understand what Jesus had done for me, I started wanting to serve him in a different way. And I started wanting to, other people to know this. I, I remember there was one point I was like, how come everybody doesn't know this? This is amazing. We need to tell everybody this. And I think that was the spark that God used to, um, and well, and I think it's a gift he gave me too, but I think it's what he used then to propel me into seminary to learn more so that I could turn around and then share some of those exact same truths with other people that have been so liberating for me that led to the abundant life that Jesus says that he's come to, I've come to bring you life and bring it to you in abundance. And I was experiencing that and I wanted everyone else to as well. When did that occur to you? Were you pursuing another path when the idea of going into ministry came to you? I was uh, not pursuing another path per se. I was home with our two very small children, and I was kind of on a break from figuring out what my career would be. I always knew or imagined that I would do something once they got into school, but I was grateful that I got to be home with them for those preschool years. And so when my youngest went to kindergarten, I enrolled in seminary. So we all went to school together. (laughs) 
And, uh, yeah. And it was a two year degree is the one I got, but it took me six years (laughs) because I just chipped away at it slowly, worked around my kid's schedule and what we could afford financially. And just, yeah. So it was, that was not a, a big shift. That was the appropriate time for me to go, okay, now what am I supposed to do with my life? (laughs) And so that was where the Lord led. And I'll tell you when he tapped me on the shoulder and basically said, you need to go to seminary. I literally looked at, I happened to be sitting with some women when the Holy spirit did this. And I literally looked at the woman next to me and I thought, did you hear that? Cause I think he's talking to you. He surely can't be talking to me because I have zero interest in going back to school. <laughs> and, and yet I'm so glad I did. It was it, that whole journey was such a gift. Well, yes. Not only the teachers that you got to uh, study under, but the people that you got to study alongside and uh, doing it slowly allowed you to be more meditative and thoughtful about the process. So I'm actually kind of glad for you. I know that must have been frustrating for you, but glad for you that uh, things unfolded the way they did. Well, teaching is a big part of what you do. Um, you are such a great teacher and you work that out in lots of different ways uh, through, you know, in-person teaching, through podcast, and even in your podcast, your teaching. Um, and then, of course, your uh, Bible study guides and books. Why teaching? Mm. Well, I mean, I think that I, <laughs> the first reason I would say is because I do think the Lord has given me a gift. And I think when we are given gifts and opportunities, we're, we're called to actually steward those things, to not hide our gifts under the rock or under, uh, uh, you know, in some way to, but to actually cultivate them. And so I do believe the Lord has given me a, a gift for teaching and he has called me to use it and he's given me opportunities to use it. And so I just try to steward it so that that's the why of teaching. But also I think, you know, even going back to, when I was at, uh, the church that we came to in Texas and I started to really understand how to put God's word together, I wanted other people to know how to do that. I wanted them to know truth. And even though I was still relatively early in my journey of learning about God, um, I still had encountered a lot of, um, people that had not actually been interpreting scripture well or teaching it well and kind of mishandling it. And so, um, so for me, I also wanted to make sure I, if I was going to teach, I wanted to make sure I was equipped to teach. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Lord sent me to seminary is yes, you can learn all that you need to learn if you're a diligent self learner. And yet I knew that I needed a people to kind of put a bar for me to like strive toward and, um, and to work out. But then I also needed, um, I just needed to, to have that behind me to say, oh yeah, I have, I have done that. And I, I am equipped now to do some of that work. I think for me as a teacher, the thing that, uh, that motivates me is like you said, a compelling message. You know, when you know the truth, it's just so hard to keep that to yourself, especially when you've um, experienced something that's really life-changing. Wow, you've just Mm -hmm. got to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to express that, not only um, with good articulation, but in a persuasive and compelling way that invites people in, you know, that moment when your audience gets it, woo, that's so, so much fun. 
Yeah. The, the words that come to mind are Jesus's words and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I think what's true about that is truth does bring freedom and lies bring bondage. Yes. And that was, and I had lived under bondage because I had lived believing lies about who God was. So once I started to discover the truth and I started to understand freedom, that's what I just wanted to pass on to people. So yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you. The compelling message, the compelling Mm -hmm. message is Jesus Mm -hmm. and what Jesus has come to do for us. Mm -hmm. Saying that in a thousand million different ways is the message. And, you know, and that's why I love that he has, you know, people like you doing that people like me doing that because people hear from different people and it clicks and it makes sense. And so there's room for, um, if, you know, if God has given even one of your listeners, this nudge to develop this gift, then don't second guess and think, oh, well, there's already so many people doing that. No, because your voice is needed. It may just be to your neighbor. It may be, uh, to a very small group of people, or it could be on, you know, in some larger way, but I think that's, yeah, that's the compelling message. Well, and it's such a great message that the truth um, pool can never be plumbed. It is so, so deep. And so even though I've been a teacher for many years, as have you, we're still discovering new truths or new aspects of the truths Mm -hmm. we already know. Um, And to add knowledge to knowledge and add experience to that and to pull from that some wisdom, that's just exciting for me as a learner and a teacher. And I know that you're a good learner too. Mm. Audience, we're going to take a break right now. and We'll be back in just a bit with our guest, Jody Nisnik. Thank you for creating space for us in your week to bring you stories that educate, engage, elevate, and inspire. If you are enjoying our show, please take a moment to leave a rating and review, to share this podcast with people you think would enjoy it, and invite them to become part of the Now I See family by signing up for our weekly newsletter or joining us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I hope you and yours had a great Christmas and enjoyed some added cheer with our friend Linda Jenkins on last week's show. In next week's episode, we'll start the new year by featuring award-winning journalist Deanne Alford and her latest book, Victorious, The Impossible Path to Peace. Deanne's book chronicles a surprising and often miraculous path to peace in war-torn Colombia. It will encourage you to set aside crippling anger and embrace the freedom of forgiveness, to open your heart and mind to miracles, and to find and share the true source of peace. I hope you'll find Jody's podcast this week helpful as you spend a quiet time of reflection about the significant moments in your life in 2021 and have a conversation with God about where he might lead you in the coming year. Now, back to our show. Yes, thank you so much for sticking with us. We have enjoyed our conversation with Jody Nisnik talking about why teaching and why truth. Now we're going to talk about the what. So Jody, what are you doing with the truth that you're learning? Yeah, well, one of the ways that I have been teaching God's word lately is through a scripture meditation podcast, which you talked about at the beginning, and it's called So Much More, Creating Space for God. What I'm doing is inviting 
people in to create space for God in their lives and to slow down and let God's word be read over them in a meditative way so that the Holy spirit can draw them to what he wants them to notice in God's word. And then to have a conversation with the Lord about it. So a little different than the Bible studies I write, which I still, I I think the study of God's word is still incredibly important. And I think you study God's word, but then I think you also need to have some spiritual practices in your life to help you slow down and meditate on God's word, to savor his word, to let it roll around in your mind in a slower way. Um, so that we're not just reading for information, but we're reading for formation. And so that's really what I'm spending a lot of my time on right now is doing this podcast, creating these scripture experiences, and then having conversations with people around how God is showing up in their life in a real, in a real way right now. And what he's teaching them through that exact same passage that the listeners have experienced as well. So what I like about fold podcast here. The first installment is the actual scripture reading. And it's fun for me as uh, the second part comes on where your uh, guest takes that idea. Because very often what stood out to me is not necessarily what stood out to them. And isn't that fun how we can all read the same passage and sit with that in the way that you've structured it, sit for that a couple days Mm -hmm. before we get to hear someone else uh, talk about that. And so that just adds another layer. I mean, I already know what I think, but I don't know you think. And so you tell me. And so uh, when you and your guests do that, wow, that just adds so much more fun Mm. to my understanding of the passage that you've chosen. Yeah. I mean, that to me is the living and active word right there. Uh, The spirit has something for me in the word. That's going to be a little different than what he has for you in the word. That doesn't mean we get to make God's word mean whatever we want it to. Um, in fact, we can't, and we shouldn't. And that's one of the reasons why I think Bible study has to go along with a scripture meditation practice. Cause you need to understand what was the original intent? What was really happening here before we take something and feel like it's being that, you know, it takes something and apply it to our lives and perhaps in a, in a wrong way. And so, yes, for me, I think, the spirit, um, has something new for me all the time. And that's why God's word, we never plumb the depth of it either. So you can have studied and studied and studied and, um, and God will reveal something totally new to you. And, uh, and it's always just this beautiful experience for me when the spirit shows up, when he helps me see something and then, he helps me turn a corner and, and knows how now I, now I know how to apply this to my life. Um, I'll give you an example. There's one of the Psalms I've been meditating on this week is, uh, Psalm 48. I think that's the address, but it says, trust in the Lord and do good. And as I had been meditating on that Psalm, that was the word that kept coming up, trust in the Lord and do good. And there's been all of these things that have kind of tried to intersect my life and throw me off course and discourage me, um, have me compare to other people, any of those things. And the other day, as I was sitting and praying about this, I felt like he was saying to me very, very clearly, you trust me and you do what I've asked you to do. That's it. Stop looking around. This is about what I've asked you to do. So are you going to trust me 
And are you going to keep doing good? Uh, and I was like, okay, yeah, I had to do some confession. I had to, um, do some repentance about where I had let some negative, the enemy really weasel his way into my mind and, and, and help me dwell on some negative things and recommit myself to trusting him and what he's doing in my life. Um, so yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons why I love this process. Mm -hmm, Me too. And very often, like you said, I'm looking in a different direction. I'm thinking today, God and I are going to deal with this particular subject and I'll read his word with an open mind and with a, with a fresh attitude. And God will say, actually, may I direct your attention to something else? It's a little more, more pressing to me. And it's always amazing to see where God wants to go on the journey. And and I'm often surprised how wrong I am sometimes about where I think that next step ought to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, one of the things that you've done is uh, you've based this whole practice on the Lectio Divina. Do you want to explain what that is to people who are unfamiliar yeah. with that and tell yeah. us um, why that's important to you? Yeah. So Lectio Divina is Latin and it means, well, Lectio is the word and Divina is divine or sacred. And so really it's the sacred reading of God's word. And it's a process that was Oh, a couple hundred years ago by the desert monks, you know, and it's basically this slow meditative reading where you go through these steps. You actually read a passage of the same short passage of scripture three to four times. The first time you read it, it's really just to understand the text, hear the text. The second time you read it, you invite the Holy spirit to draw your attention to a word or a phrase. You try not to question it. You try not to overthink it. (laughs) And you take a few minutes or a few moments really at the end of that second reading. And you say, okay, Lord, here's the word that came to mind. What do you, how does this connect to my life right now? Have a little conversation about that. The third reading, you then ask the Lord, okay, take me deeper and help me see this word again. And would your spirit guide me into how you want me to respond? So you read again, you see that word again, and then you have a conversation with the Lord about how you're supposed to respond. And there's a lot of ways. It could be that there's a sin to confess, um, a step of trust you need to take, um, you know, a promise that you need to remember about God. It could be an, any number of things. And so then you have a little bit longer conversation with the Lord about, you know, confession or remembering. And then the final time that the passage is read, it's really called a resting time just letting God's word come over you one more time, resting in who God is, that he loves you unconditionally, that he's made you, who he's made you to be just resting in his love. And, um, and then just a a closing prayer. And so it's not very long. I bet the, you know, the first part of the podcast, I try to keep under 15 minutes. So that scripture meditation space is, um, Time to just set aside, close your door, find a quiet space and sit with the Lord and just let someone guide you into God's word and read it over you and just creating really what I hope is a sacred space um, to hear from the Lord. 
I always uh, find those so, so wonderful. A lot of times I will rush into Bible reading and I'll think I've got 15 minutes and I've got a lot I need to do. I've got a prayer list I need to work through. I've got a devotion I need to read. I need to, you know, just, I just have a bunch of boxes I need to check in my, in my personal time. And so to use your meditative practice here has been so life-giving. It forces me to slow down, to breathe, to uh, really focus and to not leave until I have something to take with me. And yeah. and I have never been disappointed. There's always a word or a phrase or an idea or an encouragement or, like you said, a promise, something that stands out. And that I can take with me and think about mm-hmm. for the rest of the day. And that has just been so powerful to me. When did you discover mm-hmm. this particular practice? And when did you decide to make it your own? Yeah, I, I would say it was introduced to me somewhere around eight or 10 years ago. I was at a, a retreat and a woman led us through this Lectio Divina process. And I was stunned at the Lord showed up and he taught me from his word. And he really just, the word became living and active in that moment. And it's like, I know the word is living and active. Like I read that in, in the word that says it about this, you know, God's word is living and active. So I've read that in Hebrews all of a sudden it became so real and so alive and God was so near. And I, again, it was one of those experiences where just like learning scripture and experience and starting to understand the freedom I had because of how much God loved me in his grace. I, when I experienced his word becoming alive, I was like, Oh, I want other people to experience this. And it was a few years. I, I didn't want to turn around and start doing something that I had only experienced once, but I would, I just kind of put myself under other teachers who were doing this and, you know, contemplative practice. Uh, it's largely Catholic to be honest, a lot of, and it's, you know, if you like start to search Lectio Divina, you'll get a lot of Spanish language things that pop up. And so it's, it's kind of moved into this, you know, practice in the Catholic church, but I don't think it has to stay there. I think it's an incredibly evangelical practice that God can lead us through in his word and show up. So, yeah, I, so I, I discovered it about eight to 10 years ago. I think I started practicing it. I introduced it to at the church I was working at. I did it for our women's Bible study. And that was probably maybe a couple of years after I had been introduced to it. Um, but then I just, you know, if I got an opportunity I led the staff, the church staff through it. I would just take opportunities to lead people in God's word, because honestly, you know, scripture also says that his word will not return to us void. And I thought, you know, sometimes when I'm teaching God's word, my words maybe fall short, but his word never will. And, um, so my prayer has been for years, Lord, help me to read your word well, because if all of my other words fall away, I want them to hear your word. And so Lectio really just gives me the the space to step out of the spotlight and let God's word be the spotlight. I love that. I think I, you were the first one to introduce this practice to me. And the first time we did it, I thought the second time we read the scripture, yeah, I got it the first time. Can we move on? Um, and I kind of did an eye roll like, oh, oh, what is this? But when I saw the power that came to you 
through intentional meditation, intentional reflection, I thought, okay, there's something here. And I have seen it work out in your teaching, in your writing, and now in your podcast. There is something to it. Just sitting mm-hmm. quietly with God's word has so much power that I had to decide, yeah. okay, Kate, you need to get over yourself and embrace <laughs> this uh, way of learning. And then yeah. also a way of teaching. I think that students learn better when they stop gather the thoughts, sit for a moment with the new material. And it's just powerful. And I'm so grateful that I persevered in it and didn't go with my initial reaction, Me which too. was very unlike yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I think one of the, and you and I are probably similar in this way is that there's a lot to do. And I think if we, you know, okay, well, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year, say, well, you're reading chapters of scripture a day. This process is intentionally slow and it, you're reading a couple of verses and really just meditating on them. So, you know, if you're an achiever, a doer, it does feel counterintuitive because you're like, but I'm only reading three verses. Surely that's not good enough. Like, surely I should be doing more. I'm capable of more. And so like, I think we get in our head a little bit and, and yet God's saying, no, no, I have something for you here. And the encounter is so much richer and deeper for me to just slowly read, slowly meditate. Um, I also have scripture study as a part of my practice. I mean, I write Bible studies. I prepare to teach. So I do a lot of reading of God's word and a lot of research in God's word. But this is a very different slow, (laughs) slowed down practice. Yeah. Well, and I think this is where your good ideas come to you. You've written some studies that were surprising to me. Your comparison of Esther and Jonah, like those two things shouldn't have, Uh those two people shouldn't have come together at all. But I think because of your prayerful, (laughs) intentional meditation, God can, you know, your mind was open to have revelation from God about uh, how those two lives fit together and the compare and contrast and the way that you led us to study God's word. Um, through that process. So I imagine Mm -hmm. there are a lot of really good ideas that come to you as you are sitting quietly before the Lord and just letting his word rest on your head. It's it's a beautiful discipline. And I've Mm -hmm. seen it and I've seen it pretty much in every aspect of your ministry. So um, as we uh, finish out this calendar year, and we start the new calendar year, I really can't think of a better thing to do than to enjoy this practice of sitting and reflecting, not only where God's been with you throughout this year, which has been so hard for so many people, and what God might have for us uh, in the year to come. So speak to how meditation and and reflecting on God's word at such a time, why would that be important? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think just being open to what the spirit wants to teach us instead of imposing our ideas on our, our life and on his word or on what we think he wants, but letting him actually guide us in that. I do think scripture meditation, just slowing down and saying, okay, God, I'm, I'm open to whatever it is that you want to say to me, um, through your word. And, um, you know, these podcasts, they only come out once a week. And so it's really just a supplement to your, whatever rhythm of, of study or, um, you know, whatever your spiritual practices are, but I would say, um, it's just, it's just so important to create space for God period. Um, especially as we enter into this new year, I know all of us, you know, we, we set goals. Okay. I want to do this better this year. I want to do this better this year. (laughs) I want to lose this. I want to gain that. (laughs) And, um, 
And I just think, you know, the most important thing we can do is to create space for God. I agree. He, he helps kind of sort out the other things. There are things we need to do to be healthy, but I think the number one thing we do is we carve out space for God. And it's not three hours a day. It's not, you know, it is, it is sometimes 15, 20 minutes consistently. God knows exactly what's on our plate. Like he knows if we're a parent of a lot of young children, that's your life looks very different than my life does right now. My kids are grown and they're out of the house. I have more space right now than I've ever had in my life, actually. Um, but this is the first time that season has been true for me. So yeah, just know that God knows what you have on your plate and he is going to give you ideas for how you can create space for him in the midst of all of that. I think so too. And having God's truth in our head really does kind of clearly define all the other things that we hope to accomplish. You know, it brings, uh, it, it births in us this desire for more truth and truth, as you said, will set us free. And once mm -hmm. we understand what the truth is, then God can reveal to us why that truth is important in whatever area it is. And as we prayerfully consider uh, what his word says about promises, about the stories recorded for for us, uh, of the saints of old, uh, in the life of Jesus, of the red letter words, you know, that we have uh, in our red letter editions, the words that Jesus said, as we think about those things and apply mm -hmm. that truth to our lives, everything changes. So yeah. whatever your goal is, whether, like you said, to gain or to lose something, understanding the truth and why it's important really shapes all of those things. And when we do things God's way, then we're really productive. So why would mm -hmm. we, you know, start marching without orders from the one. So, um, well, as we close out this show today, invite our listeners to join you in your podcast in this journey. Where can people find you? Yeah. So probably the easiest way to find me is just go to my website, which is jodynisnik.com, J-O-D-I-E-N-I-Z-N-I-K. Um, or you can search in any podcast platform so much more creating space for God. You will need all of that uh, because there are some other podcasts called so much more and they're not about creating space for God. So, um, and yeah, we're in, we're in the series on the Psalms right now, which is a great place to just jump in. It's each is individual, just like the Psalms are this heart prayer language, which I think is the perfect way to start the year. Um, and so, yeah, that's where people can find me. And if people want your books, you are everywhere, including Amazon. Where else? Yeah. Kriegel. Uh, well, I mean, Amazon Kriegel is my publisher and everything is on Amazon. Christian book distributor is also a great place to buy books and support, you know, Christian book distributor. Um, and, you know, if you're a local bookstore person, then ask them to carry it and buy it from them because that's also amazing. And we want to support our local small businesses. Absolutely. Jody, pray us out today. And mm -hmm. um, as, as we invite people to um, join us in the meditation and in the celebration of God's word, pray us out. Well, gracious Lord, we thank you uh, just for any encouragement you have given us right now. And Lord, we pray that as we enter in to this new year, Lord, would you guide us? Lord, would your spirit help us to know when and where to create space for you. And then would you help us to respond to that gracious, loving invitation, invitation that you're giving us, Lord, you are so good. You are so good. 
And so we thank you so much for who you are, for what you have done in our lives, for the word you have given us. Lord, would you lead us in this year to become more like you, to become transformed by your word so that we can become more of the person that you have created us to be. And we ask this for your glory, for our good, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jody. I hope that you have had as much fun today, listeners, as I have with our guest, Jody Nisnik, and we will see you next week. Can you think of someone who would enjoy our show today? If so, please share it with them. You can help others find us too by liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Visit today's show notes for show highlights, links to recommended resources, including our own, nis.media. I'd love to hear what you have to say, so drop me a line at Kit McCarty NIS on Facebook. And if you'd like to hear more from me, sign up for my periodic newsletter when you're on my site. I hope you are enjoying our new bumper music. It's from a music box that a friend gave me at Christmas last year. It is a treasure that had been tucked away in my Christmas decorations and now is on display in my home. May its sweet sound dance in your heads like sugar plum fairies and remind you of God's amazing grace and the warm feelings we have for you at Now I See. This episode, as always, is made possible by the production team at Headset Radio. 